Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Medium Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find over four separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, links for you to subscribe to the podcast, and a place where you can donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to call our main speaker tonight, Mike. Good evening. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Mike E. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, wow. Uh, I, I spoke here about I spoke here about uh, about a year ago, and so I, I am I was a little bit nervous that I'm going to like tell the same story. So I was like trying to maybe make up a story. <laughs> but I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that um, I spoke about a year ago, and um, since that time, my wife gave birth to this young person over here, um, who's a newcomer, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I do actually, in some ways, have have a very different story today than I did a year ago, and, um, and that story, I would have to say, is one of, um, being really, really kind and gentle, uh, to myself, and it's a story of, um, not doing the program perfectly um, because uh, it is very, very intense uh, to have a, a young child and, and try to maintain the level of, of commitment to the program that I had. But having said that, um, I, I, I have what uh, someone in the program said is, is sober feet. And that means that no matter what, no matter what, my head is in the program. And if that means, you know, before, before my son was born, I was probably at five to nine meetings a week, okay? Last ten months, if I can make it to two meetings a week, it, it's, it's, it's a blessing. And, you know, I have to be okay with that today. So let, let, me, let me just backtrack a little bit and just tell you um, where, where this whole thing started. The whole thing started in the, in the womb. <laughs> because uh, my, uh, my, my mom uh, told my dad that she was pregnant and he freaked out and, um, and he is a serious, serious compulsive overeater. My father, um, just to give you an idea, uh, was at a... Uh, I know, right? Was at an all-you-can-eat buffet and uh, he, he went up... He went up I think he went up uh, 13 plates. He went up and had 13 plates. Ended up in the hospital uh, with tubes down his throat for a week. And he thought it was funny. Like when I talked, because he lives in New York and I was here. And I was like, oh my God. He's like, yeah, can you believe I ate all that? You almost died. I mean, and so th- that's, that's, that's what happened. So my mom told him that, that she was pregnant. He freaked out and he went off and ate. And, and that's where it really started for me. And, um, and as a... Uh, as I was growing up, um, I had I had a a, a real um, co- complex because my dad is an incredible, incredible athlete, and I'm in plays, you know, and uh, and I was you know I was not an athlete. That's just that's just the bottom line, and so I could not keep up with him in in, in that respect, and I 
and I could tell that he was like really disappointed like I couldn't dribble I couldn't catch the ball I couldn't hit the tennis ball and so the way that I bonded with my father was through eating and the way that my dad ate who was also a marathon runner so you know he would he would eat and then the next day he'd go out and, and compulsively run you know literally 20 miles a day so but I would sit down at dinner with him and uh, he would have first plate second plate third plate uh, fourth plate and I would keep up with him because like that's the way I connected with him and uh, and I was not running 20 miles a day afterwards and I you know I got I got fat I just you know I was I was a, a, a chubby kid um, and and that was something that I lived with uh, all growing up I mean I just I was you know usually the chubbiest guy in the group um, and, uh, and, you know, it was, it was, you know, people used to make jokes and I, you know, would think it was funny and stuff, but, you know, when I would go home, it just, it felt bad. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be the chubby guy, but that, but that's what happened. Um, and, um, and this, uh, and this compulsion to overeat, um, you know, carried through, uh, especially, you know, going to college, I, I had a really... I had a really difficult time because when I was in high school, I was kind of like a big fish in a little pond, and then I went to this giant college, and it was just so overwhelming, and there were so many people, and I, I just, I would sit in my dorm room and, and eat and eat, and um, I mean, the freshman 15, I think it was like the freshman 40, and it was, it was not, it was not pretty, and, um, and, uh, and this, and this compulsion continued um, up till uh, adulthood um, <laughs> um, he's like oh <laughs> please not be never just not be my feet um, <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, and my uh, <laughs> and you know and my and my uh Really, uh, my, my, my uh, Achilles heel as an adult was uh, the time period after 10 o'clock from 10 till 2 in the morning is when I would go to the cupboard and just go to town. Like, that was like, I'd go to the cupboard, go back to the TV. Go to the cupboard, go back to the TV. And um, I, I could not control myself. I could not control myself one bit. And um, I then met a girl who was in this program, OA, and, uh, and it was something that uh, I completely didn't understand. And, you know, and I think she met me, like, two months after she started a program, which is like a bozo no-no. I think, you know, take a year and chill out, get to know yourself. But um, because we're both drama addicts, it was awesome. <laughs> and uh, God knows there's so much drama. But... Um, but she was in the program for a few years um, before I think um, she, she, she gently said hey maybe you want to check out this thing and um, and uh, so I came and I checked it out for about a year and I, and, uh, and I have to say uh, you know for all it was really difficult to come into this program as a guy um, because you know in the rooms that I was going to, like, there weren't a lot of guys, and the guys that were there I thought were odd. Um, 
Principles with four personalities. And uh, and I'm sure they were awesome. And it, it was my judgment. You know, I didn't because you know. Listen, as as Mike Brady says, when you judge others, you're judging yourself. And uh, and that's really true because I was embarrassed to uh, to be a guy in, in a food program. You know, it just. It would have been so much cooler, right, if I had, like, an alcohol or drug problem. But, but that's, you know, as a Jew, that's not in my DNA. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so, so she, uh, she suggested gently that I go in, and, and here I was for about a year, sort of in and out of, uh, I mean, mostly, mostly in, of just kind of... Um, being a tourist in the rooms and kind of sitting in the back and you know my hat pulled down, never raising my hand, and uh, I just didn't understand the, the steps. I didn't understand the promises. I didn't understand what a sponsor meant or like or sponsoring. Nothing, nothing about the program made any sense to me. And and then one day this this woman who I didn't even know came up to me and was like, I see you. I've been seeing you for like a year and you aren't doing anything. And she's like, I want you to make a commitment to me that you're going to raise your hand the next three meetings you go to. And uh, and I was like, uh, okay, you're odd. Um, but I, but I uh, but I made the commitment and I did raise my hand the next three meetings. I got picked of course the next three meetings and I had to share and I was really nervous and I didn't know what to say except that I felt like I needed to be in these rooms because I could not control my eating especially at night and especially I was continuing with my seconds thirds and fourths and fifths I mean honestly I, I was always done at first but you know it was, at this point it was part of my my makeup in a way like I just had to take more um and, you know, if it was left in the pot, I was going to eat it. That, that was just it. Um, because I was trying to fill the, the, empty, uh, the empty void in my soul with food. And um, so anyway, so I raised my hand three times, got called on, and I spoke. And then after every single time that I spoke people came up to me afterwards and, and, and started to talk to me. And they were like, oh, you know, I really related to that issue. And, you know, I had a similar experience. And I you know, want you to know, like, I'm here for you and you can call me. And I'm like, I'm not going to call you. <laughs> uh, but that felt really, really nice um, to feel sort of welcomed and, you know, and to have people who I didn't really know sort of care about me. And they felt really genuine about it, you know. And so those three times completely changed my perception of the program and how to behave in the program. And it really, it, 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 it opened me up. So for those of you out there and those of you in here, I, you know, uh, I, I, I highly recommend that um, you take contrary action. It's one of, the, you know, one of the nice tools of the program. If you're too nervous to share, that means you should share. Raise, raise your darn hand. Seriously. Um, if you don't want to speak, speak. If you don't want to go up to somebody, go up to that person. Um, it is amazing what happens when you take contrary action. It, there is magic in God in taking contrary action. So, um, from there, I ended up getting uh, 
a sponsor uh, who is just pretty much like the loveliest guy I've ever met in my life. He's so kind and gentle. He had a lot of what I wanted. Very successful older, older gentleman. He had three children. Um, he was also, you know, he was, a, he was actually exactly my father's age, which is really interesting. I mean, I think I was really going after the dad that I wished I had. Um, you know, not the guy who, like, freaks out when he finds out his wife's pregnant. Um, and, uh, and that was amazing. That really was amazing because uh, what, this, what this sponsor did for me was talk to me in a way that I could not talk to myself. And that is in a kind way, in a gentle way, and uh, in a way that was if I made a mistake, if I wasn't perfect, it was okay. It was okay. It's okay. You know why? Because if you don't do something perfectly, you're God's children. You're, you're, you're still God's child. Okay? And if, if I couldn't get... And, and here's the thing. The first... Once I got a sponsor, the first eight months I was with that sponsor, I could not get more than 60 days for eight months. I kept falling off the wagon, kept falling off the wagon. And, you know, so it was like 30 days, 15 days. You know, once in a while I got 60 days. But, you know, it was every time I fell off the wagon, I just felt awful about myself. I used it as an excuse to be, I got the case of the efforts. And be like, well, listen, you know, if I, if I fall off the wagon, I might as well just go to town, right? Well, one of the amazing uh, uh, catchphrases that was told to me was, if you lose your abstinence, you don't have to lose your recovery. If you lose your abstinence, you don't have to lose your recovery. Wow. Okay. And for literally, I would say, eight months, like, I heard that, and it, it didn't really make sense to me. I just used it. I used a break in my abstinence as, a, as an excuse to, to kick my own butt. Um, but my sponsor kept talking to me in gentle and kind ways, gentle and kind ways, gentle and kind ways. And slowly but surely, every time I would break my abstinence, I noticed that I started to talk to myself in a, in a different way. I started to be more gentle and, and, and kinder to myself. And, you know, and, you know, and the two things that, that, that he always talked about was acceptance, the, 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 the acceptance, uh, always had me read the acceptance uh, passage in the big book, and where's the God? Where's the God in the situation? Okay, bring God in. Where is it? Made me say, where is it? Because when you're with God, you can't be in fear and you can't be mad at yourself. Because, you know, God is not, is not a punishing God. God is not a God who wants you to do well. God actually wants you to succeed. And if you're having an issue, or if I was having an issue, rather, uh, it was because I needed to learn something. That's it. It was because I, it was there as a teaching tool, not, not to kick my butt. And, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, I brought in the God. I, was, I started more and more to be in, in acceptance. And by the way, at this point, when I came in a program, I, I honestly, I was really, really on my knees. On my knees in every single way. Like, my life was like a complete hurricane, typhoon, tsunami. Uh, just not great. And, uh, and all of a sudden, um, at the eight-month mark, uh, I really got it. And, and I think right before, I, the last time I'd broken my abstinence before that, um, 
it was like, okay, I broke it, and that's, that's cool. Because you know what? As my sponsor would always say, tomorrow's a new day. And you just start again. Tomorrow's a new day. That's it. I mean, it's like no biggie. And, uh, and that's what I did. And then, uh, and that really put me on the road to getting the options that I have today. I, I now have, um, I, I think I have like, t- uh, what is the four, t- uh, wow, 10, 11, 12, 13, I have like three and a half years of that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a creative, I'm not a math- mathematician, so I use my fingers. I'm sorry. Um, so, um, I think I have like three and a half years today. And that, that, on some level, that is absolutely amazing. Like, if you looked at the way that I behaved uh, before this, um, you know, my, and my abstinence um, is, is pretty simple. My abstinence is no eating after 10 p.m., uh, only one plate of food. I, I'm not allowed to eat bread baskets. I'm not allowed to have uh, those chips that come in those at the table. And, um, and that was, like I said, really hard for me to keep. For for uh, for you know eight months um, and you know I have a separate food plan which is you know I can talk about but um, but anyway so but you know all of a sudden I was able to keep that abstinence and um, it, it's something that just makes me feel really good about myself to know that I was able to. To, to accomplish this amazing feat for me that, you know, to, to be in the world and not go to the cupboard after 10 o'clock, it, it, I, you know, the people who are not in this program who don't have this issue, uh, they don't understand the depth of how, of how much that means, of how much that means that I don't go back and take a second plate of food. I'm telling you, it is a miracle. It is a miracle uh, uh, and, and it is just God-given that I don't go back for seconds, thirds, and fourths. I, I, you know, like, I don't understand it. But it, that's just the way it is. I'm, I'm done. I'm done after one plate of food. Um, so, you know, how it is today. Um, how it is today is, is difficult because I have, a, I have a 10-month-old baby. And, um, you know, I can't work the program the way that I used to. But... That doesn't mean that I don't put program first. There are so many aspects of the program that are still so relevant and prevalent in my life today um, that that I give credit to for getting that, I, that I'm able to get through. You know, each day. You know, I, I have a I have a whole slew of people that I that I uh, that I text and call. I make it to whatever meetings that I can make. I meditate and pray as much as I can. I read the book, big book as much as I can. I call my sponsor whenever I can, which these days, you know, is, is just not that, it's just not that much. And that's just, that's just where I am today. Um, and, you know, I take calls from my sponsees. Um, and, you know, I'm working the program at the level that I can, that my life allows me to today. Um, and just because it doesn't look like the way that it looked like before my child was born doesn't mean that it's any less important to me and doesn't mean that my abstinence isn't really the number one priority for me, okay? Um, because there, 
and, and I have to say that over the last 10 months, there have been numerous times when breaking my abstinence looked really, really attractive. I mean, I don't know. I mean, for those of you who, who have children or, or, uh, or are thinking about having kids, it's really, really hard. <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean that in, in a bad way, um, but, it, but it's really, really hard. And, and, uh, and there's no book, there's no uh, training, there's no prof- professional who really prepared me for how really hard that is. And there were just times when, you know, I just wanted to eat over how hard it was. I mean, there are times when you're just like, oh, my God, he's crying again. <laughs> and, and you haven't slept Thank you. And, you, and you, know, you haven't slept, and literally, I, there was a stretch of time where I probably didn't sleep for like eight weeks. And like I was, I, but here's the, here's the interesting part about this though. Like before before my kid was born, like if I didn't sleep for one night, I would get sick. I would just I would just get sick. But like I didn't sleep for two months, and I never got sick. There, I think, and I and I swear, I mean, I I, I really. I, I, I actually have to, um, I give all the credit to God. Because there are so many things about having this child where I just kept turning it over. I just kept turning it over. And I, and I kept praying about, if I can't sleep today, please let me just be able to have my day. And I never got sick. It's the craziest thing. Um, but having said that, um, you know, it's 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 just not perfect, and 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 the thing is, I didn't I didn't break my absence over, it and I didn't I didn't beat myself up over it because it was the it was doing the program as best as I could right now, and that's all that's all I can do. That's all I can do. So you know, I would I would you know urge any of you out there who is striving for perfection. Um, to sort of let that go. Let that go. Because, you know, um, I've been told that perfection is the enemy of living. Because you'll never really... And, and do you really want to get to a perfect life anyways? I mean, you might as well die, right? Because, like, then you have no, you, there's nothing to strive for anymore. So, you know, um, you know, so I would say just remember that what... Ever is going on in your life right now is exactly the way it should be. That's the unacceptance paragraph. Whatever is going on. Oh, a bird, a bird just flew. It's a good omen. I just juggled. That's why they clapped. Uh, wow. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so I would say, uh, so, and, and I would also, you know, besides the acceptance, and, and just remember, you know, my experience over the last four and a half years in program is that when things are really, really rough, when I think things are really rough and I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me, I can't tell you how many times it's like, with a little bit of time, it's like, oh my God, that is one of the best things that happened to me. Um, that it was all a learning experience, and I and I actually grew and changed in a way that was really unclear in the time, 
and but looking back it's like thank God and God puts these like I said God puts these obstacles in our paths for us to learn to grow and change and you know it once you can sort of take that in and really understand that then you're just that much more open to acceptance. Okay, so I lost this job because there's going to be something better. It's like, oh, this relationship ended because there's actually going to be somebody better. You know, oh, I'm bankrupt because I'm going to learn to actually use my money in the right way. Um, you know, I, I, I really in this program learned to look at adversity in a really positive way and and that's incredibly unusual for me because I am I, I, before I came to the program I was a very very pessimistic glass half empty everything sucks everybody's going to die kind of guy <laughs> and uh, and I've made a lot of strides in that in, in that department anyways um, I think I would just wrap up um, you know by saying keep coming back and those who took chips tonight awesome it's amazing uh, yeah that's fantastic. Um, keep coming back. And, you know, keep working it. And don't get discouraged. You know, um, I, I heard in program, things won't change if things don't change. Oh, my God. I mean, it was like this, the, the, the simplest saying, but, it's, but it, it really hit me as a giant uh, ray of light from God. It, you know, you, you've got to... It, you know, you've got to actually do the footwork. You've got to actually do, work the program, work the tools, do the things that you need to do in this program to actually be a part of the program. What I heard was, you have to be an active participant in your own recovery. Because if you're not, then nothing will change. It's like, you know, sitting home on your couch, changing channels, hoping you're, you're going to meet your soulmate. It ain't going to happen. Um, okay. I, I, <laughs> I hope I, I, yeah. Okay, so anyways, I just, I just want to say I, I'm really, really grateful to, 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 to everybody in this room. There's so many faces in this room that I just, I love and adore. And, uh, and I just feel so much love in this program. I, like, I just, it's like a, walking into a meeting is like a giant group hug. Like, every time I walk into a meeting, I just, I just love being at meetings. It, it's really, you know, I, I'd rather be at a meeting, uh, pretty much rather be at a meeting than almost anything else. Not, almost. There's a couple of things that are kind of a little more awesome. But, <laughs> but, uh, but thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Thank you, Tusa, for asking me to speak tonight. Um, I'm so grateful, and thank you. Uh, I guess, is there any questions? The, the question was, can I talk about my experience working the steps? Yes. Uh, I, um, I worked my steps with my, uh, with my sponsor very, very slowly. We worked through the workbook together, and we did one question every day um, going through the workbook. And, uh, and it was, it was I, I found it really, really eye-opening going through the steps. It actually, going through the steps was the, was the thing that made me recognize that I wasn't the person that I thought I was. I, it really made me recognize my part, my part in everything. Not just in, in the things where, um, even, I'm sorry, even in the, even in the incidents, my, my interactions with people where I think 
you know, I was just a victim. I had a part in those things as well, even if that's just holding on to the anger, holding on to the resentments. Like, even stuff like, you know, when so, even in, in, in things where you think you have no part in it, by holding on to the resentments, you know, it's like somebody said in program, like everybody says in program, resentments are like taking the poison, hoping the other person will die. And that's, uh, is that, did I say that wrong? I th- no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so, so, so working the steps, I did it very slowly, step by step, question by question, inch by inch. Um, and it was a really difficult process, but uh, just the most rewarding thing in the whole world. And really was so, uh, it made me understand myself in a way that I never understood myself before. And it was awesome. Ha! <laughs> the question was, how do I use the program uh, with uncertainty and future thinking, especially having to do with my career? Well, okay, I mean, I, <laughs> I am in a, can I curse? I'm in a crap career. I am in a, the entertainment business that goes up and down and is really difficult. And there is uncertainty every second because, like, when I have a job, I'm like, oh, my God, the job is going to end, and now what? And then when I don't have a job... It's like, when am I ever going to get a job? And then exactly like, and then another part of me is like, when I have a job, when the heck is this going to end? Because I'm working every day. And I, like, there's been, I've lost entire summers because, like, I've worked every, you know. So, how do I use program? I use program by, thank God, by, uh, by calling and texting people and, and asking for their experience, strength, and hope. One of the most amazing things about this is the humility that I brought. Because before I came to the program, especially at my work, I would bring to my work situations that I knew everything. I was really a jerk. I, I was really difficult to work with. Um, because I would just fight. I would fight about everything. And now, when I bring the, the, the things that I've learned from people in this program, the principles of the program, I bring, I've learned to shut the F, I shut up to shut up and listen and see what I can learn from the other people. They may not always be right, but, I, but now I know that I'm not always right. And, and I get that from calling and texting people and saying, hey, this is, this is what's going on right now. Can you help me? And i got to tell you, there is magic. Thank you so much. I, I'm just going to say this one thing, though. There is magic. There is magic in just the telling and listening and making a call and texting somebody where situations change, where the fear dissipates just hearing the voice of somebody else in program. I think making a call brings God in. Anyways, thank you so much for letting me share this.